Oh, it's good to get a refund of £13. We'll have to bloody repaint the wall and everything at some point. So just is all up the wall. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. That's your yeah. social life, Dave. Oh, your social life. T- t- tell me about it. And, and, and I'll be going on holiday soon as well, mate. So it's... Uh, we're... <laughs> did, you, did you say that out loud there? Aye. Derek, did, did, what were you thinking out loud? <laughs> I could have used a C word, but, you know... <laughs> We've spoken about Celtic enough, mate. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Derek, I'm just going to say we're here. That's all I'm going to say this week. I think we're going to be a bit pissed off by the time we finish the end of this podcast. But yes, I am here, I'm well and I'm ready to talk about some good games and some shit games. How, how are you mate? Well, I'm pretty much the same as you, Dave. <laughs> Fortunately, I never got to see much of the debacle that was yesterday. Uh-huh. And the irony is, the fact that we've got four games to cover, three of them were wins, one of them was a phenomenal win, yep. and then the fourth one was an absolute dismal thing that's uh, yep. put us way back in doubt and everything that's that's happened so far e- this season. Exactly. The joys, the ups and downs of being a Rangers supporter, Derek, but we'll get into it, eh? Well, I'm not going to be as doom and gloom as everybody is online, and certainly oh, Dave isn't good. either, so... Uh, well, I, I, I don't know about that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that you're in an upbeat mood, shall we say, Derek. You might be able to change my way of thinking at the moment. Well, we may as well go down the tunnel and onto the park. So, we, before we get into the, the four games, we may as well start with uh, one of the first bones of contention that everybody's got. Maybe not so much me, Dave, I know you're opposite to me, but we're talking about transfers. So, in the, well, we'll start with the outgoings, because that's probably the easiest thing to do, is we had Katic has left to go to FC Zurich, so uh, good luck to him there. He put a yep. lovely, lovely Instagram post up as well. He's admitted that he was in tears leaving. You know, just a, a shame that it never really worked out for him. We got maybe six months to a season out of him, I think. Obviously, his start of his Rangers career was a bit blighted with injury and personal issues, and then the end of his career was blighted with a massive injury, but good luck to him none nonetheless yeah definitely Derek a bit of a a cult hero with the Rangers fans I think we all knew you know he's a bit of a, a colossus a guy very unlucky the way that his Rangers career ended up and like you said Derek we wish him all the best and his Instagram message was absolutely fantastic it brought a tear to the eye yep Next one out the door was Stephen Kelly. He left to join Livingston for a nominal fee. So just, again, sad that never worked out for him, but it needs to move on. And yep. the la- last one here is Matthias Zukowski. He's left on loan for for the rest of the season to Lech Poznan. So I don't know if that's, if that's with the option to buy, but I can't imagine he'll be back at Ibrox. No, I'm the same as you, Derek. I don't think that that, that one has worked out either. So uh, one of these things. No. Next thing we'll go on to now is the incoming transfers. Nobody. (laughs) Hey, moving on. Yes, it's obviously drawn a lot of a uh, lot of ire from the fan base. I mean, no spoilers for the games we've got coming up and what we're going to cover, but obviously there seems to be this thing about transfer deadline day and we need to sign somebody on transfer deadline day and it was pretty much spelled out to us that we've got nobody, nobody else, that well, we've done all the deals, we've signed seven players, but there's this transfer deadline day that seems to everybody wants to sign somebody. Bearing in mind, obviously, we've got the the Champions League money now that we've got guaranteed. We've got the ticket money that we've got, which we'll get into later on as well. That's money that we really haven't budgeted for. This is the thing about the deadline day. Had we only signed five players and not seven players, and then we signed Davis and Ridvan for the money we spent on them on deadline day, then... I'm pretty sure everybody would have been happy about it. That So it's all about perception for me. We've done all the deals beforehand. Forget the fact that it's transfer deadline day. 
I think people get hung up on that. Oh, we need to sign someone. We need to, you know, bring in this fantastic player. We've done that previously, and it didn't work out for us. So. Andy McGowan on Heart and Hand had a great thread on the, the, the kind of finances and it was just delving a wee bit into it and the perceptions of people. I, I'm fully of that mindset. You know, we're, we're now on apparently a financial fair play watch list. Ultimately, I don't know how much, how that's going to pan out, but we need to be mindful of that. We've been hemorrhaging money to the tune of tens of millions of pounds each year, being backfilled by favourable director loans. We've just been very fortunate that they've been giving us these these loans. This will be the first year we've been making significant profit, we hope, if that's, that's the way it is. And we've actually spent money. We have a decent squad, albeit very bipolar, as we'll get into. So personally... I can't really grumble at the board for not wanting to go down the reckless spending route that David Murray went down. That's how we got in the issues and we did in the first place. Yes, it would have been great to go and just say, fuck it, we're going to spend £10 million on one player. But we have to be mindful of other forces outside of just wanting to sign players just for the sake of it. The, The directors did say, yes, money was going to be invested in the squad and it has been. Maybe not the £20 million that everybody was expecting, but we've invested. And investment doesn't just mean transfer fees. It also means contracts as well. That is one thing that we don't get to really see all the ins and outs of. So that's my opinion, Dave. I know you're slightly different on that one. Derek, I think yesterday's result was massive uh, in the mindset of the supporters. I know what you're saying. My head says, you know, they're, they're doing the sensible thing here. My heart says, oh my God, that performance yesterday shows how threadbare we are in our squad. I think with the amount of injuries that we've got, we we don't know what's happening with a lot of players that have been out there. I just think even one signing, Derek, would have lifted the mood of a lot of people. It would have lifted the mood of the supporters. It would have given us a wee bit more, I'll not say hope, but optimism, shall we say, going into the Champions League. But absolutely nothing. We'll get into the game yesterday I think it's shown us up that how lacking of, shall we say, top players that we have in our squad, especially at the moment. And I know that there's a lot of people out injured. I know we're going to get a lot of people back. But we need people now that are going to turn up. And I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity. We'll have to wait and see. I agree, Derek, we can't go down the route that we have done years past. But I wasn't even talking about going out and making a marquee signing. Just a player that could really come in and, you know, make a difference to the squad, which I think is just really, really threadbare just now. I think we have, though, and that's the the issue. And like I said, we've got a very bipolar team. And whether that's actually the players themselves or the management and the way we've been setting up, which we'll obviously get into in the Celtic game, but we have signed quality players, I think. Define quality, it's a very subjective thing sometimes, but I think that we have, and you've got to look at some positions as well. Folk were crying out for another striker. Well, we play a system which only uses one striker in the team. We've got Morelos, we've got Cholak, we've also got Roof there. Granted, he's sometimes a bit injury prone, but when he plays, he's a fantastic striker. So, why are we going to add another potentially quality player into that? You've got a £5 million player, just say, for instance. You've got the wages to go along with that. You've got bonuses. All for one of those four players only get the, the nods. The second one will be on the bench. You've got two players sitting there left out doing nothing. They'll get unhappy. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yes, we've got positions that were severely lacking in maybe the exactly. right wing. Yep. The defence maybe, but at the same time we do have cover when they're fit and that is maybe part part of the issue that people are looking at here. So I can see why people are frustrated, but I, I tend to err more on the, the cautious side of that. And as I said in the last podcast, we shouldn't be, we're fans, we shouldn't be worrying about the money, but it's what we do now. Okay. But so just on one last other note, though, in regards to transfers, as I note, Billy Gilmer left Chelsea and joined Brighton for £9 million. Now, certainly that would have been a marquee signing, somebody that would actually kind of need in the team. £9 million on the upper echelons of, of what we could afford, I would have said. But we did, from that transfer, get around about £1.5 million because we had a sell-on for him. So I wonder if we had bid the same kind of money, would we have got a rebate on him? 
<laughs> Derek in the way of football finances, who knows? That's <laughs> <laughs> bizarre. But as you say, he would have been a fantastic signing, even on loan. Derek, if, if, if we could have arranged that, I realise that Chelsea were probably wanting a fee for him. He's a top talent. We know that both when he played for you know the few games he got for Chelsea. I think moving to Norwich was a bad move for him, just with the way they played. But certainly for Scotland, he's been outstanding as well. So we just have to. Wish, that wish him all the best as well, Derek. I think that Brighton will be a better move for him. And we did get a wee bit of selling money for him as well, which is excellent. So one of these things again. Yep. So we'll move on now to into the games. Before we start, though, that Rangers instantly appealed at John Lundstrom's red card from the Hibs game. And I think it was done and dusted within a couple of days, even if it, I think it was maybe just a day. And the appeal got upheld and got reduced to a yellow card. So um, that was good there. Always going to happen. And yep. quite happy with the yellow card because it literally was a yellow card challenge. We don't want any special treatment. We want the fair rules that, that are applied. Yep. Exactly, Derek, yes. Yes. So we'll go now into the games. The first game we've got to cover was Wednesday, the 24th of August. It was the 1 0 win away against PSV in the Champions League playoff leg two, which meant we went through 3 2 on aggregate. Yep, absolutely fantastic, Derek. It really was. I'm uh, going to cover this match for us. Another incredible European performance by Rangers. A huge match for us. As you can remember, we were drawn 2-2 from the first leg. Vast majority of people had written us off, Derek, hadn't they? And, you know, including mm-hmm. the, the, the media and, you know, everyone else expecting us to go there and get absolutely hammered. But a very professional performance by Gio and the team and the team that he put out that night was McLaughlin and goals with a back four of Tavernier, Barisic, Sands and Goldson. In midfield, Lundstrom, Kamara and Lawrence and the three up front being Kent, Cholak and Tillman. On the bench for Rangers was McGregor, Yilmaz, Jack, Davis, Matondo, Wright, McCrory, Sakala, Arfield, King, Devine and Ewer. So, Derek, I don't know what you can remember, sort of first sort of 10, 15 minutes, it was a pretty cagey start from both teams, they were just sort of trying to feel each other out, weren't they? Yeah, it was kind of like the first game where it was kind of ebbing and flowing back and forward and both teams having periods when they were, were on top. Yeah, the first real chance though for Rangers came in the 13th minute. Uh, it was Ryan Kent getting the ball outside of the box, the left-hand side, doing his trademark. He ran at the defence, cuts inside, has a great shot, uh, unfortunately for us though, straight at the goalkeeper. So a pretty straightforward save from the keeper. And then probably the best chance of the game, Derek, I don't know about you, but I thought he was going to burst the net. It was on the 25th minute. John Lundstrom with a great chance. He had picked the ball up in the PSV half and it was some fantastic play involving Kamara and then Barisic on the left wing. He had a low pass. He saw Kolac in the box. He played a low pass to Kolac who then played a one-touch pass to Tillman. He gets to the byline, looks up, sees Lundstrom continuing his run just inside the box, he puts the ball back to Lundstrom and we thought the net was going to bulge because he hits a raspberry shot, unfortunately, just wide. But a fantastic move, nevertheless, Derek, and, you know, really unlucky not to take the lead there. Yeah, I've got in my notes here, thunder bastard. Yep, exactly. One thing, I must stop you there, Dave, because my mates will pick me up on it again as well. It's Cholak. Cholak. <laughs> That's what I said, was it? No, did I say Kolak? Kolak. <laughs> I have been trying to say, okay, Cholak. So, but then after that, Derek, it was really mostly PSV. This was their period of the game where they really came into it. They uh, were doing, the vast majority of their attacking movement was actually going down the right-hand side, so down sort of Barisic's side of the field. Uh, they had a fantastic cross by the right winger. It was right in front of everyone. Thankfully, everyone missed it, including De Jong, and it went right past him. That was a, a glorious chance for them to score. Then in the 39th minute, worrying times again, we're looking, thinking back to the first leg, a corner for the right-hand side put in a free header. You know, their defender got up. You know, there was absolutely no one near him. Thankfully, it headed over the bar. So, warning signs there. And then the 43rd minute, another fantastic cross from the PSV right back. He actually gets De Jong this time. It's the first time that he's been able to get between Sands and Goldson. He sticks his foot out. We thought he was going to score. 
thankfully straight into the hands of McLaughlin. That was, you know, a really, really dangerous move by PSV. So we, we got off and won there. And then just before half time, another chance for PSV. We were hoping for the half time whistle to go at this point. It was Akpo. He got onto a through ball from the midfield. He ran through. Uh, thankfully hit his shot, scooped it over the bar, Derek. So certainly the last 15 minutes of the first half was all PSV. We had to weather the storm, but thankfully we got through to half time and it was still nil now. Yeah, I mean, certainly they finished off the stronger. We had chances as well, but it was kind of really anything that was quite weak or right at the keeper. But again, it was a, much like the first leg where it was ebbing and flowing between the teams. It was a, a, for a neutral. We are not neutrals, obviously, but it was a great game for them. Yep, but then the second half started, Derek, and thankfully for us, we were on the front foot and almost goal of the season, wasn't it, by Tom Lawrence? He picks up the ball in, in the edge of the box and dances past two defenders and then skips past a you know a tackle. And just you know, you could just tell he was desperate to get a shot and goal. Fantastic play, and then he just unleashes a shot which cannons off the bar. Absolutely incredible. They cleared it. It would have been goal of the season for me, just with the, the, the skill that he's shown in the edge of the box. Really, really unlucky there. Derek, but I think that showed our intent going into the second half. Absolutely. It was a great shot, great chance. A big thing that happened as well at half time as De Jong came off injured. So yep, that's that, was, right, yep. that was a massive thing for us, but we were certainly on the ascendancy as well, and that chance was, was proving it. Yep, and then only four minutes later, Derek was the opening goal of the game, and thankfully it was for us. PSV really shot themselves in the foot. They were passing the ball between their defenders, batting forward, batting forward, and then they passed it back to the goalkeeper. Thankfully for us, Tillman and Cholak were pressing constantly. It got back to the goalkeeper. He got a wee bit flustered, passed it to his defender. His defender then, he got the ball stolen off him by Tillman. He cut the ball back across, and there was Cholak, empty net, tapping, 1-0 Rangers. That put us ahead on aggregate. Absolutely priceless goal, Derek. Cloud nine at that point really was. Yep. Fantastic. And, you know, it, it didn't let off after that. You know, it was it was Rangers still going for it. Ryan Kent on the left wing. He runs at the defender. He shoots the ball then deflects to Tillman, who was in the edge of the box, who had a fantastic shot low. The keeper managed to get a hand to it. Really unlucky there. Still 1-0 one, one Rangers, but could very easily have been 2 73rd minute after that, PSV really did, you know, they, they knew that they had to try and get something back. They had a fantastic through ball, one and one with the keeper. Thankfully, McLaughlin was up to it. That was saved by him. And then the, the last thing that I really have here, Derek, 85th minute was a long range shot by the PSV attacker who had found space. Thankfully, it was over, over the bar. I think PSV knew at that point they had tried just, just about everything they couldn't get through. And then, you know, the, the the game went on. We were trying to keep a hold of the ball, which was the sensible thing to do. And thankfully, we managed to see the game out, Derek. And we won that game 1-0. And that sent us into Champions League heaven. Absolutely fantastic. What an achievement, Derek, considering where we've been, the, you know, getting into the Champions League has, has been the promised land for us in the last sort of 12 years, hasn't it? Finally, we made it. We had a great chance to do it last year. We blew it. But, you know, take our hats off to Gio and the team. We got his tactics spot on. Fantastic result. And we are back in with the big boys, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, an outstanding performance in the second half. Full of character, skill, very smart play. Granted, as you would expect as well, PSV having to go for it in the last 10, 15 minutes there. They had a lot of possession. We were giving the ball away quite easy. It came a bit scrappy between the both teams. Last ditch almost at times, but when you look back at it, it was actually very, very measured yep. defending. Something that we became very accustomed to in Europe. Sadly, it hasn't transpired into the domestic <laughs> game as well, which we'll get to. But yeah, absolutely amazed with that result and I think it was another another thing that sent shockwaves around Europe because certainly lots of media were, there was a lot of media coverage on this game and duly so because PSV are a Champions League side, you've got to say that and we've just put them out again, shades of Parma. Fantastic Derek and 
like I said, which I'm sure you're about to get into, we are in with the big boys now in the Champions League draw. And I think, you know, like yourself, I was was basically saying, you know, it doesn't matter who, who we get. Well, you know, it's all going to be massive games for us. And, you know, we're going to be well well up for it. Can't Can't wait for it to start. Yeah, so as you said, the draw, we got Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli and us. Again, as you said as well, absolutely no group or team was going to be easy. We've got to be at least targeting third place. I think this is the last year where third place gets a drop down. I mean, I was saying this full of confidence before the Celtic game happened, obviously, but the difference for us being in pot one or being in pot four was literally one kick of the ball, one penalty. So I kind of felt before the Celtic game, we shouldn't be going into these games scared, timid. Now the Celtic game has been done. I don't have any confidence in these players not letting the occasion get to them like they did with Celtic, just like they did with Frankfurt as well. Derek, we seem to have a completely different mindset when it comes to Europe, don't we? I don't have any worries about us disgracing ourselves in Europe. I really don't. Um, I I think I'll actually be extremely calm when we're playing these games. I think, you you know, the players can can raise their game when we're playing these massive, massive matches and none none more so when we're playing the likes of Liverpool and Ajax and Napoli. I mean, fantastic. But I, I genuinely think that we go into games like this thriving on the fact that we're the underdog which is which is excellent so I'm I'm really looking forward to it Derek I think it's going to be great to see us back with the big boys the way that it should be and as I say this for, for us for, for fans for the club for the last what we've been through in the last 12 years you know the, there was only one thing was going to top this and that was that result in Seville last season, which I still don't like talking about, it's uh, that's the only thing that that, that would have topped us. Uh, so no, I'm I'm absolutely de- delighted that, that we're there, Derek. We would have done anything. I think when we lost the league last year, we thought that 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 was our chances for another season of getting into the Champions League. But absolutely fantastic, cloud nine. It's a great group as well, just of old school historical. Great pedigree yep. teams, footballing yep. teams as well. So that's yeah. the, the exciting thing for me. The next thing we've got to talk about, and I would have said though in this part, is the, the pricing of the Champions League games. The three-game package, it was tiered, starting at 150 and goes up to 180. So for me, on the dear side, £180, that is very dear, £60 a game. Interesting though that the first time we've used the tiered system for the European games, it's kind of always been strange now that people point it out that we've just normally used a flat rate of regardless where you are in the stadium, considering it's always been dearer to say sitting the, the govern rear compared with the Copeland front and yep. for a season ticket. So interesting that. My opinion, is it dear? Yes. But the club have charged what they think people will pay. And it's a hard fact of commercialism. That's There's no getting away from that one there. Club need money. This is what they think people will pay. People are going to pay it regardless. My two issues with it is that the club charged the money and I won her. And I think all of it came out last week as well. That's something that surely has to have went to a credit facility so that fans could pay over the next two to three months. Some people have got you know two or three lots of season tickets that were obviously going to buy that as well. And they were asking maybe sometimes 500 to to £1,000 to come out yeah. for, depending on how many season tickets. So that is something that the club really have fucked up on that one there. They should have given fans the option to pay it up over a period of time, not taking it out on the one-up, especially as well when it's a case of it's it's been so quick, it's came out from qualifying to money coming out. My second issue can be summed up in this one tweet, and I'm reading this verbatim here. A guy who buys a season ticket that includes Livy and Kelly tickets on a cold Wednesday night in November shouldn't be priced out of a glamour game because they can sell to a guy who only goes to big games. Now, I can understand that to a point about tickets being too dear. Not everybody can afford them. But then don't cast up buying a season ticket and entitlement. I've long spoke about the the entitlement some fans feel because they've got a season ticket. You buy a season ticket knowing the cost and knowing where and when it'll be. It bears no weight on buying a Champions League ticket, which yeah. ironically will be on a cold, wet night in September, <laughs> October, November. So you can't cast that up when you buy a season ticket. Entitle you to nothing. 
No, you're, you're quite right, Derek. It's, uh, as you say, that old, uh, old entitlement bit, which we still keep here just now. I get that there's that there's people have had their season ticket for 20, 30 years now. And, you know, I was one of these people, but I agree with you 100% there. So we'll go into the next game now. We're just going to briefly cover the next games because it's me that's doing it. And it's Saturday the 27th of August. It was a 4-0 win at home against Ross County in the Premiership. We lined up with one change from the PSV game and that was right in for Kamara. We lined up McLaughlin, Tavernier, Lundstrom, Goldson, Cholak, Lawrence, Kent, Sands, Wright, Barisic and Tillman. On the subs bench were McGregor, Rudvan, Jack, Davis, Matondo, Sakala, Arfield, King and Devine. So... The first half, fantastic performance, set up attackingly, and we've been absolutely relentless. Never give Ross County a sniff, chased every ball, and we have sat quite high. That high play, though, did catch us on occasion as Ross County tried to quickly break on us, and arguably we should have been down to 10 men on the 16th minute when Sands, who had already picked up a book in early on in the game, as Ross County hit the long ball up, Sands was the furthest player back. He was 1v1 with the attacker, and he appeared to slip grabbed the attacker and hauled them down. We definitely got off with one there, didn't yeah, we? De- de- definitely, Derek. But I think every single fan watching that knew as well that we definitely got off with that one there. But we will take it, Derek. I mean, it makes up for the Lundstrom thing that, that Jake completely changed the game last week. Yep, de- definitely. Yeah. On that note, I would say, though, that his first yellow card was incredibly harsh. So I don't know if the referee maybe realised that and was trying to balance it up. Again, not that two wrongs make a right at all, yeah. but that's maybe one, one thing. Possibly. In the game, though, we were varying our play, and more importantly, we've been shooting with their keeper pulling off some great saves. None more so than on the 22nd minute when it was great one touch play with Lundstrom, Cholak, and Tillman ending in Tillman getting a shot off on the right hand side of the box and a great save from the keeper and eventually bundled out for a goal kick. We did open the scoring, though, on the 34th minute, and it was Lundstrom scoring. A lovely move with Tillman. In our defence, working the ball out, shrugging off strong challenges. One was even a foul as well, which I don't think he was pulled back for, uh, given a yellow card anyway. The ball was played to the left to Kent, who drives it forward, looks up, sends it to Lundstrom, who has a shot from 20 yards, taking a slight deflection into the back of the net, take it every day of the week. Definitely. Great build-up play, Derek. As you say, he went for it. You know, although there was a deflection, he was going for the shot and goal. So, you know, that's his goal every day of the week. And as you say, after a lot of play and a lot of chances eventually breaking the deadlock before half time fantastic Yep, we kept up the relentless score note because in the 39th minute Cholak made it 2-0 that was his 6 from the season at that point right on the right stops a burst of pace to the edge of the box on the right he cuts it inward to Cholak who with a half volley and and he was falling backwards at this point gets a touch and guides it in the left side of the goal a great goal and great play from right there yeah, it certainly was, Derek. I think when Wright, you know, has has the space there, he is a, a, a dangerous player. But as you say, the ball and the fact that Cholak was sort of off balance, but still a fantastic finish by him and bang on for him, Derek. Yeah, and we nearly made it 3-0 on the 45th minute with Kent with a long ball into the back post from the left. Tavernier jumps up and heads it off the bar from close range. Really, really unlucky that yep. one there. Mm-hmm. So certainly the best Kent had played this season to date. Tillman looking menacing as well. Looking at likely changes at halftime to keep up the pace. As I said in the post-match, one thing to note is someone in the enclosure did have some sort of medical emergency where paramedics had to attend. The game was stopped for about 30 seconds. The fact that the game was only stopped for 30 seconds was a wee bit telling. And it turns out that everybody was safe and well, which is the the main thing to come out of that. Definitely. So, on the 45th minute, as we kind of expected, Sands came off and King came on. He did take a wee knock just before half-time, but I think the fact that he was already on the booking, he got away with one as well early on. It's best to get him off just in case. Definitely, yes. Ross County made a couple of substitutes as well for, for that. So in the second half, another fantastic performance. Again, relentless, making changes when needed, not settling even when the game was clearly over. There was a handball claim on the 54th minute and it wasn't given. A bit of a pinball in the box, false to count on the left, who had a curling effort cleared off the line. As the Ross County player slid in, it definitely hit off his arm as he was sliding in and the ball was crossed. For me, definite penalty, maybe evening up the Sands decision. But again, as I said, two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, no, definitely, Derek, yep. 
On the 58th minute, Cholak scored his second of the goal to make it 3-0. It was one-touch football with Kent to Lawrence with a lovely back heel to Kent who plays a great through ball to Cholak in the box and blasts it in the net. Seven goals and nine games now for him. Yep, fantastic return. Derek, he's uh, he's turning into a great penalty box striker for us. Maybe in the mould of a sort of Chris Boyd-esque type player. You know, very, very dangerous when the ball's in the box and delighted for him that the, the goals have, have came so early in his career for us. Yep. Just after that, 61st minute, Tillman and Kent off, Matondo and Arfield on, made more substitutions. We kept on plugging away. We made more substitutions on the 72nd minute with Cholak off and Davis on. Then shortly after that, on the 80th minute, we rounded out the game 4-0 and it was Davis that scored. An exquisite sweeper move all the way from our back. The ball was crossed from the centre to Tavernier on the right. He goes down the wing, crosses into the centre to Davis, who has a composed shot on the bounce into the back of the net. A great team goal of overall. It was, and a great composure again, Derek, by Davis, you know, to find, find the net, but some fantastic play and rounds the game off perfectly for us. Fantastic 4-0 victory. Yes, so all pretty routine. I mean, certainly the, the talk was that, well, if Sands had got himself sent off early on in the 16th minute, like he probably should have been, the game might have not turned out like that. But I think we were in such a mood where, yes, it might not have been 4-0, but Ross County offered absolutely nothing. I don't think that even with a lack of a centre-back, it wouldn't have made any difference to their yep. attacking. So, yep, excellent. Yes. So that leads us into the next game, which was Tuesday the 30th of August. It was a 3-1 win at home against Queen of the South in the League Cup. Another fairly routine game, however, they did pull a goal back at one point. Yeah, they did, Derek, and a raft of changes made, which was sensible considering, you know, respect to our uh, opponents, but, uh, you know, a team f- from a lower league, so good for a lot of the, the sort of fringe players to be getting it into the team. Yes, 11 changes in total. So we lined up McGregor, Devine, King, Jack, Ridvan, Davis, Kamara, Arfield, Matondo, Ewer and Sakala. On the subs bench were McCrory, Sands, Barisic, Fraser, McCann, Wright, Seal, Lovelace and Stevens. Now, a point to make on that, we made 11 changes, but eight certainly, if you count King, which because he has been knocking about the first team, that's nine players that are classed as second string that were part of the first team. So that is a case in point about what I'm saying about depth. Maybe not depth in a couple of individual positions, but we do have depth. We do. As I say, I think, Derek, if we had a lot of our injured players back, I think we would be looking a lot a, a lot more healthy than we, were, than we are. But as I say, it's great to see so, so many academy players getting their chance as well. So I'm pleased that Gio done, done that. Yeah, I mean, bearing in mind that squad, that 11 in the subs there, doesn't even include Morellis, Tavernier, Goldson. Obviously, you've got the injured players, Hadji, players like that. Kent wasn't even on the bench, so there you go. Massive. Yep. However, half we were in complete control, having lots of shots, lots on target. Their keeper making a few good saves, but the full team being changed clearly played its part. We're working away without ever exerting ourselves, which given the level of opposition, you can kind of understand. But given this is our second string team, I would have expected a lot more blood and thunder to try and force their way into the first team, which was the disappointing thing for me. Queen of the South were working hard, they were chasing a lot, and when the game was still tight, score-wise, they had it all to play for. You couldn't write it off from them. We scored on the ninth minute, and it was Ewer who scored to get a debut goal. Queen of the South on the left, the defender tries to pass it back. It was a poor pass back. Sakala runs onto it, intercepts it, gets to the edge of the box on the left, cuts it to Ewer, who has a 1-2 with Kamara and shoots it into the net. Brilliant. Yep, great goal, great composure and great finish, Derek. And what a feeling that must be, you know, as a, a young player coming in and scoring on your debut. Absolutely brilliant for the guy. Yep, brilliant. You could have been forgiven if you thought it was going to be a rout after that, but it really just didn't materialise. And it was Queen of the South that scored next on the 17th minute and they made it one each. Passing the ball about on the near side touchline, the ball was cut inwards to Sakala, who tried to pass it to someone. I have no idea who. <laughs> but in a very similar move, the way we scored our first goal, the Queen of the South player nicked in and they chipped it over McGregor from the edge of the box. Now, 
people have rubbished me about this one. It was undoubtedly a great execution, a great goal, but McGregor didn't even seem to go for it. As much as you can maybe say it was a great goal, I do think McGregor had a, a bit to play, but obviously the main focus was Sakala for that one. Yeah, yeah. M- M- McGregor should, should never have been put under that in, in that position, regardless, Derek, because it was such a... <laughs> as you say, I, I don't know who he was thinking he was passing the ball to, but it was just, it was... You know, it was to, to no one, and it was straight into the danger area. But the boy ran through. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say it was a fantastic finish because, you know, he, he, he dinked it right over. But just a really poor, poor goal to give away. You feel for Sakala because you know how much the club means to him and playing and stuff, but that's definitely one to forget, Derek. Yep. However, we did restore the lead shortly after on the 24th minute and it was Arfield that was scoring. Sakala down the left, a great pass to the on-running Ridvan, a lovely first touch to beat the man, gets deep in the box, cuts it back to Arfield who shoots it in from 10 yards. Yep, great Derek, great response and great to get back in winning because we didn't want this to, to, to turn into a potential banana skin for us, did we? So uh, delighted that we managed to get that second goal so quickly. Yes, so we worked away the rest of the half, creating decent chances, making their keeper walk a bit, but nothing that you would say was really scintillating or any wonder saves. Sakala, strangely involved in all three goals, <laughs> Red Van and York looking quite good as well. What we wanted was really to get the third, kill the game off and bring on some youngsters, especially Lovelace. However, that really never happened because overall it was a poor second half. Yeah. It was never really in doubt. There was plenty of possession, trying to work the ball towards goal, but no real penetration to the extent there's really not much to talk about. And as I've said, when it was only one goal of a difference, all it could take is one mistake and the game was right back in play again. Queen of the South's best chance came on the 62nd minute when it was on the right of our defence, plays a cross ball in front of our goal and Devine swings out a leg and it went over the bar wide. I don't know if think he was even trying to do that. He tried to clear it, but it was quite lucky that one there, I think. Mm -hmm. Arfield on the 73rd minute had a volley on the edge of the box just wide of the left post. Euron Matondo came off on the 76th minute. Lovelace and McCann came on. 82nd minute was a shot on target by Arfield, but it was easy for the keeper. And we finally got our third goal on the 85th minute, and it was Arfield that was scoring. A lovely one-touch layoff, starting with Arfield, out wide at the edge of the box, past infield to Lovelace, who holds it up, passes to McCann, who has a lovely flick to Arfield, who shoots into the net. Great use of the youngsters there, and just a wee touch of what they can do. Yeah, not fantastic. I think the boy McCann, Derek, is a fantastic player. Like Lowry, every single time I've seen him, he has, you know, looked like one of our star players. So I really hope that this is a, you know, a time that we can maybe get these guys more involved in the first team. Yeah. On the 88th minute, Sakala and Kamara off and Seal and Stevens came on. So that's maybe the frustrating thing about this game is if we had killed the game off earlier on in the second half, we could have yep. got more first-team players arrest and brought in the youngsters to finish off the game. But sadly, that wasn't to be. However, that's how the game finished up and we're into the next round. We've drawn Dundee at home, which is to be played on the weekend of the 18th to the 20th of October. Celtic away to Motherwell that same weekend as well. So more hot balls in that draw. Yes, definitely. If, if, if you've got what uh, Chris Sutton's saying anyway, Derek, that's certainly what he was uh, insinuating later on in that draw. But no, I'm uh, p- pleased with that, Derek. Home tie. And we'll see what happens there. Yes. So Dave, the next oh. game we've got to cover, I've only seen the first 20 minutes of it, I'm not going to go into too much depth of it, but it was Saturday the 3rd of September, the 4-0 loss against Celtic in the Premiership. Take it away Dave. Right Derek, the team that Gio put, put out in the day was, considering Tom Lawrence I believe is, is, is injured, he's, he's going to be out for quite a few weeks, that's a huge blow for us, so he had to change the team going for his usual 4-3-3 but using three more sort of sitting midfielders, so the team he put out was McLaughlin, Tavernier, Barisic, Goldson and Sands in defence, then he went with Davis, Lundstrom and Kamara in midfield Kent, Tillman and Cholak up front for Rangers so, you know, a team on paper that we would say was a you know one of our strongest teams going by players that we've got injured and st- stuff like that, Derek. O- on the bench, McGregor, Rudfan, Devine, Jack, Arfield, Wright, Fashion Sakala, and the return of Alfredo Morelos. 
Now, Derek, as the game kicked off, we all knew that Celtic are in great form at the moment. We knew it was going to be a tough game. And in the first minute, in a very sort of non-tackle, one of Celtic's danger men, Kyogo, actually went off injured. So we thought, you know, that was maybe you know a good sign for us because, again, he has been very much in form for them. But it didn't really matter because the performance that Rangers put in, really, I don't think it mattered who, who, who'd have been playing for them with the way that we played, because in the ninth minute, the ninth minute, Celtic got the first goal, and it all starts for me, Derek, with Ryan Kent getting the ball in a defensive position in his own half on the right hand side. He gets the ball instead of just clearing the ball. He tries to beat two players with the ball. He ends up getting tackled. The ball goes out for a throw-in, and Celtic very quickly sees the opportunity, we just stand there, you know, I don't know what, what the hell we were looking for, but they played the ball and before we knew it, the ball was into the box, shot was put away by Abada. Derek, I don't know if you can say anything about McLaughlin, he's, 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 he's had a date, a date to forget, but as I say, it was, it was a calamity defensive-wise regardless. The ball was played to Abada, he hits a shot, it was quite a powerful strike. McLaughlin gets his hand to it, but it still manages to sliver past him and crawl over the line. You've had a chance to look back at it, Derek. Like I said, it all stems, I think, from Kent not just sort of clearing the ball when he did, trying to play his way to danger. It didn't work. The quick throw-in, us not picking up upper players and then the shot, and I'm putting it down as quite a poor save, Derek. What, what did you make of it? I think there's four things at play in this with you. <laughs> four things. Four things in this one goal that were just absolutely abysmal. Ryan Kent, what a surprise. He doesn't know when to release a ball. He's fucking shocking at this. I'm fed up with him. It's bad enough when he wastes attacking moves because he tries to take on too many players because he thinks he's bloody messy. He's now doing it in defence. So yeah. he's lost the ball straight away. It's went out for a throw-in. Rather than getting on with the game, he's then remonstrated with the ref, not actually looking at the game, what's going on. So there's your second point with the same bloody player. Then there's the defence overall. It starts with Goldson not being able to stop a cross coming in and the rest of the defence just looking at the ball. And then the shot comes in, right? The shot happens. The fact that he's still got his hand to it shows to me that it was just poor keeping. It was a semi-powerful shot. It wasn't an absolute thunder bastard like Lundstrom's was in the, the first game we covered. It was a semi-powerful shot. It was poor keeping as well. So there's four things, Dave. Yep, that, exactly what I said, Derek. So, you know, the fact the goal has came so early in the game as well was a total nightmare for us as well because it put them in, in the ascendancy straight away. 19th minute, a yellow card for Borna Barisic as well, so first booking. And Barisic in the first half, I think, was maybe only pass, Derek, because he seemed to be the only one that could try and make anything happen. I'm looking at some you know, very brief things that happened for us, good, good things that happened. 22nd minutes of a fantastic cross-in from Barisic himself. Cholak was up, gets his head to it, and Derek, for a man in his form at the moment... I really think he should have had that on target. It went over the bar. He was up. He had his man beaten. It kind of came off the side of his head rather than, you know, square on. But we can't say anything about the ball in. It was a fantastic ball. And I really should, I think he really should have at least had that on target. Made the keeper pull it a save. But I think if it was on target, it was definitely a goal. So unlucky with that one. 28th minute, some actually good build-up play. Tillman over to James Tavernier, who then puts the ball into John Lundstrom. He has the shot, but again, over the bar. And Derek, see at that point, I was watching Lundstrom move. Now, John Lundstrom is usually full of energy, very fast, very powerful. I don't know if you've picked it up for what you've seen, Derek, but I thought Lundstrom was moving very gingerly throughout the whole game. I don't think he was at his full 100%, and that's what we'd need him. Do you think he'd maybe carry a slight injury because it just didn't look as if he was moving right at all? I mean, on that part, I've never seen enough of the game to make any judgment calls on that day. Yep. So. so, But anyway, unfortunately, second goal came on the 32nd minute and it was 
again, avoidable, Derek. It was a free kick to Celtic, and they took that free kick incredibly fast. We were caught flat-footed again. Really embarrassing. The whole defence. Jota picks up the ball on the right-hand side. He goes through. <sighs> McLaughlin, to be fair, comes out to narrow the angle. Jota, great finish. You know, really, really tight angle. But Derek, again, defence falling asleep. Well, look at this goal back. And it is absolutely disastrous. As soon as the referee blows for a free kick, it's as if they were just all standing looking at each other. And, you know, by the time they had the chance to think, the ball was in the box already. Poor, poor defending all round and 100% could have been avoided. Not switched on once again. I'll make a comment about that after the fourth goal. But, yeah, not switched on. It was a good finish. But McLaughlin, again, could have done a hell of a lot better for me. Yeah, and then eight minutes later, Derek, that was it. 3-0 to Celtic. A low cross in for the left wing. We had the chance to clear it. It wasn't cleared. It sort of bounced. It landed at the feet of Abada again. And right in front of goal, Derek, right in front of McLaughlin, through his legs, a thing I absolutely hate to see from a goalkeeper, but the ball low and through his legs, it proved that the, the shot was right at him, but, you know, I realise he was close in, Derek, but, you know, it's just poor, poor goalkeeping, absolutely shocking defending again, shocking marking, everything about it, but, you know, in my opinion, again, McLaughlin, I hate putting the blame on the goalkeeper, because I do think it's a good keeper, Derek, but having an absolute nightmare, low and through his legs, and that was 3 nothing before half-time, Derek. Just absolutely disastrous. I mean, again, not being switched on. And again, McLaughlin, no key, I don't care what keeper you are, you shouldn't be getting a ball being put through your legs as a goalkeeper. Granted, I know he was moving across the goal. The marking was abysmal. There was, again, a break of the ball for Celtic. But again, sometimes you make your own luck and you've still got to deal with that. But marking poor and keeping poor. Just terrible, Derek. So the first half ended 3-0 to Celtic. You know, deja vu what happened last season. But this was worse, as I'll get into in the second half. So we made some substitutions, which I think he had to. Wright came on for Glenn Kamara. I think he was hoping that we'd maybe get some more joy down the right-hand side, which we'd done absolutely nothing. We couldn't get James Tavernier on the ball, you know, I think maybe once or twice in the whole of that first half, but doing very, very little. But in the second half, Derek, it seemed to calm down a bit. We were getting more of the ball. We were passing the ball about a bit more, but again, not doing anything with it. 59 minutes, there were two subs. Morelos and Arfield came on for Cholak and Tillman. Felt quite sorry for, for, for Cholak, Derek, he had no service all game apart from a couple of balls in from Barisic. Tillman as well, just we, we couldn't get him on, on the ball to try anything. And then it was a sort of first sort of two, 20 minutes, very sort of cagey again, no real passages to play. But Celtic still first to every single ball, Derek. Anything to be contested, they were first to the ball. 69th minute, though, a half chance for Alfredo Morelos. He finds space on the right hand side of the box. He's at a tight angle, hits a low shot, but it is wide. Then another substitution, Jack and Sakala came on for Lundstrom and Kent. And then in the 78th minute, Derek, goal for Celtic. And all I have written down for this is WTF. What the fuck? This is one of the worst goals I've seen, Derek. An absolute disaster for John McLaughlin. Don't know what the hell was, was going on. There was a nothing passage of play, Derek. The ball was back. We had the ball. It was passed about in defence. Back to John McLaughlin. I don't know who he was doing. I mean, this is two, sort of two, two games in a row now where players have passed it. Absolutely no one. But as a goalkeeper looking upfield, you can see exactly who's there. And he basically just passed it to no one. Turnbull picks the ball up, gets into the box, fires it low, past McLaughlin. An absolute disaster by the goalkeeper. I don't think I've ever said that in all the times that we've been recording this show, Derek, in the you know the ten plus years that, that we've been doing it, I can say that about a goalkeeper, but he has had the game to absolutely forget. It was dreadful. It was all down to him that last goal. I don't care what anyone says, really bad judgment and just comical if if you looked at it that way. Really, really poor and 
Again, that's all I had written down, WTTF. Absolutely shocking. I mean, it all stems from Goldson taking a goal kick and he squares it to McLaughlin, who dallied on the ball. He was caught in two minds and he passed it right to the Celtic player. Uh, I like this football that we play sometimes, working it out from the back, but you need to be switched on. And that just clearly wasn't the case. McLaughlin has, as you said, had a shocker of a game, almost as well, it's probably worse than the the uh, McGregor game against Ross County when it ended up three each last season. This was a shocker from McLaughlin. Hopefully, he isn't affected too much by it. Hopefully, he isn't a case of being dropped. The one thing I've got to say, though, about the team overall in this game, and I know I'm coming from a point of view that I've only seen it up until the second goal and I've never seen anything after that, but I'm going from what people are saying about how we played and what you're saying, is it's all about being switched on. We knew how Celtic were going to play, they were going to come at us, they were going to play very quick football, it's the way they play. The way to beat them is get in their faces and do it right back to them and test their defence. We've never done that. These players need to understand that Playing for Rangers, you need to be switched on 100% of the time. You cannot have, especially in games like this and games like in Europe, any game really, because that's how we make mistakes, we need to be switched on constantly. The goals we've conceded over the last season and a half of, I can't remember any passages of amazing skill from the opposition where they've been brilliant and they've scored the goal because it's been a great all-round goal or a great piece of individual play. I'm pretty certain 95 to 99% of the goals we've conceded over the last year and a half is because of our fuck-ups. Mistakes happen, we can forgive that. What we can't forgive is the same type of mistakes by the same players happening time and time again. Now, we'll get on to it, people blaming the board for not investing in the squad in the final day of the season, the deadline day, which wouldn't have had any outcome for this game at all because they wouldn't have been playing. But for me, this game comes down to the players being completely bipolar, thinking they just need to turn up and largely down to the way we set up and that is on the management. Now, my mates yesterday were saying, get you out now. That's nonsense for me, absolute nonsense. Has he improved us? Absolutely. You just need to look at our European exploits. We wouldn't have never have got where we got last season in Europe if Gerard was still there, for for example. Domestic competition, though, certainly there is a lot of learning to be done there because we're setting up too naively. We're giving teams far too much credit. The fact that we had three holding midfielders on yesterday is a fucking massive mistake. What we're expecting to do, just contain them. We've not got a defence that can do that. As I said to you, we're losing the same goals in mistake from the same defence that's been there for three or four seasons. They were outstanding in in our 55 year, but that's the exception, not the rule. The same defenders making the same issues. McLaughlin was involved or had played his part in all four goals yesterday. Certainly he's fully to blame for the fourth one, but the same defenders are making the same mistakes. Something needs to change. We're giving teams far too much respect. We are not going for the jugular when we get it in other games. And this game, sorry, that was a dereliction of duty in terms of the way we set up that game. That's on the manager this time. It was poor, Derek. The only thing that I've got written down apart from that, we managed to get one one chance where we forced Hart into a save and it was from a header from a corner and the only other save that Hart had to make was to stop an own goal about to happen Derek where there was a shot you know that came cannon off his own player and he had to pull off an incredible diving save you know just really poor every single time we got the ball on the right hand side Derek every cross that was put in by Tav it was the clear clearing the first man he, he had a poor game to get James T- Tavernier effective, Derek, we need to get him forward and him making, you know, that run to the byline. You know, that that's when James T- Tavernier is at his most successful, his most threatening, and we, we couldn't do that. He was forced out wide right. He couldn't get past his man. He was trying to put in crosses and it just wasn't, wasn't working at all. It was dreadful, dreadful, dreadful performance. I think... You know, at that stage, we were getting beat 3-0. Why not try and change it, change the formation completely instead of playing one up front? You know, he had 
Morello's in the bench, who is great at holding the ball up. He's got Cholak there, who's bang on for him to, you know, to try and score goals. Why not put the two of them up front, Derek? Why not put two up front, put four in midfield, and see, see how, how we go? It's just the same thing. That's the worrying thing about Giovanni van Bronckhurst just now. We are getting the same... He's setting the team up the same all the time. And as you say, our defensive players will get found out. I just think it's really worrying at, at the moment, Derek. It's uh, <laughs> Like I said, I, I strangely don't have any worries about us playing in Europe. I think we, do, we, we seem to find that, you know, that extra gear in Europe. But certainly, domestically, teams are starting to figure out how we're playing. And it's quite worrying, as I say, especially in defence. I don't know what the answer is with McLaughlin now, Derek, because I thought he was so bad. He had such a nightmare that you know that t- type of f- performance is bound to affect him. So I honestly don't know. Do I think McGregor's the answer? No, I don't, because I think you know M- M- McGregor for, for his age we've we've been down there. I honestly don't know. It's for the it's, it's for the management to figure out, and I hope they figure it out quickly, Derek, because that was an absolute shambles. Yeah, I mean, you drop him and then you instantly, that's you basically, he'll never come back from that if you drop him, so I don't think he will be dropped, but I mean, just going overall calls for Gio to go, I think that's absolute nonsense, I mean, it's it's been a shocking result, with domestically, we've, you know, obviously we drew the game against Hibs, but as I said, there's mitigating circumstances there because of the referee, Europe we've been fantastic in so far, to call for Gio's head is absolute nonsense, some of the Stuff in the boat about blaming the board. I think that is absolute nonsense as well. For partly the reasons why, uh, what I've discussed about, you know, had we had we only signed five players and signed uh, Yilmaz and Davies and the deadline day, I think that perception would, wouldn't have happened there as well. We have invested. You can't blame the board for a one-off result like that. I've seen some absolutely bizarre takes on what happened yesterday and everybody's getting it in the neck, as it always is. There's there's a complete overreaction, I think. At the end of the day, yes, there are learning points that need to be be taken from this one, absolutely. Gio needs to sort that one out domestically. It's not going to help anyone changing the manager. It's not going to help anyone getting onto the board and blaming the board for this one. This was a one-off result. The gap is five points. It's a long season. See if the gap was 15 points at this point. Yeah, you've maybe got a bloody point. But I just think folk can take this result in isolation, kill the beans and... Going back to the last time that we got beat 3-0, Derek, and we're getting beat 3-0 at half-time, the main thing that happened for us in the second half was that Gio changed it. Remember, he brought on Jack and Lundstrom, and that was when Lundstrom had been out in the cold, and that was the game that changed... I think for, for for Lundstrom for him to be another present in the team since then because Lundstrom came on and completely dominated Celtic in the second half and although we got beat 3-0 at least we said in the second half we were by far the better team we didn't get that in this game at all and that's why I was I was talking about the likes of Lundstrom who's you know been such an important player for us especially against them he just didn't look himself. He wasn't moving great. So I don't know if there's maybe been a wee niggling in, in, in injury there and the type of player he is. You know, he was just de- desperate to play. But as I say, it was just... A, I, I, I agree, Derek, it's not a time to change the manager. But I think the manager needs to go and have a look at these games. I think the tactics need to be changed. The personnel, the formation and stuff like that needs to be changed. We need to have our best players on the park. And that's what I thought... We're getting beat 3 0. Why not put two up front and just go for it? But it didn't seem to be like that at all. And it was just turgid, Derek. Really, really turgid. We'll see what happens in the next games because the next game that we've got coming up is Wednesday, the 7th of September. That's away to Ajax. And in the game one of Group A of the Champions League, that's a 17 45 kickoff. Very strange, Dave. I'm surprised it's at that time. Yeah, it's a strange kick-off considering the rest are all, you know, at the back of eight at night, Derek. So, But like I said, Derek, I'm I, I'm going into this way, you know, very relaxed. It's going to be an incredibly hard game, but we do seem to find that extra gear in Europe. So really looking forward to it, Derek. Like I said at the start of the pod, this is where we want to be. These are the teams that we want to be playing. I'm sure that Gio will be desperate to play this game as well, being back in Holland big name in the Dutch national team and in Dutch football. So 
you know, I'm re- really looking forward to it, Derek. So, but bring it on. I just want us to completely, you know, the team to try and forget what just happened there on Sunday. Start afresh and go out and play like the way that we know they can, especially in Europe. Yep. Next game after that is Saturday the 10th of September away to Aberdeen in the Premiership. That's a midday kickoff. Tuesday the 13th of September at home to Napoli, a game two of the Champions League. That's an eight o'clock kickoff. And Saturday the 17th of September, that's at home to Dundee United in the Premiership. That's a, a three o'clock kickoff. And then I believe there's a, a international break at that point then. Yes, that's correct, Derek. Yep. I mean, we've fucking got one coming up in November. <laughs> what do we need another one for? Exactly. Yes. So, a lot to play for. We'll now go into the news. So, the first thing I've got to cover here is, as ever, stories grow arms and legs just after we put out our last episode in furtherance of the story about us taking legal action over a US-based person and using our trademark to sell shares. Turns out that we're suing an American businesswoman, Kylie Fox, for allegedly trying to sell her club from under us. Apparently, former chairman Paul Murray had lined her up as a potential investor. It never went any further, but then she's a, it looks as if she's a started to line up investors of her own, try to sell shares, and that's where part of using their trademark and sell our shares comes into play and in order to basically sell off our club. I'm not wanting to get too far into it due to ongoing issues, but I'm glad that this is something that has been caught early, even if it's to just stop somebody using our name for their own gains. Yeah, so definitely. Yep. very strange story there. Yeah. However, it gets even weirder because a further twist to the story and it came out the, in the last day or so it's been alleged that re- recently deceased pop star Darius was involved in the leaking of confidential documents relating to this as well. Apparently his friends are confused about it all because he's never really mentioned football or, or any kind of tie-ins like that. Again, no wanting to get too much into this, but was he really involved? Is his death part of the conspiracy? Obviously, he died in strange circumstances. Or is it really just a convenient Scottish name that was thrown into the mix and since he's now dead, nothing can really come of it and he's just a fall guy? We'll wait and see. That is bizarre, Derek. Really bizarre. Yes. What, what can we say with that one? But There's definitely going to be a Netflix series <laughs> made of that in a few years' time, eh? Yeah. So we'll wait and see what happens with that yeah. one. But very, very weird. Yes. Next one here is obviously one player that was missing, for, especially from the Queen of the South game. Alex Lowry had to be stretched off during a B-team clash after an absolutely shocking challenge by Ali Love. We were 7-0 up in the closing minutes of the game. Ali Love was skinned by Lowry and then from behind he carried out what was basically an assault from behind. It was petulant, reckless, dangerous and the referee in his wisdom only seen fit to give him a yellow card from it. That was a career-ending challenge. Luckily, he's only out for a, apparently a few weeks. But depending on how his knee heals, if it, if it's been weakened any, that could have long-term issues. It was one of these kind of challenges, like uh, Simpson against Durant. It was abysmal. It, it was a shocking tackle, Derek. I actually watched it. Lowry had just scored a hat trick in that game. I don't know what the opposing player was thinking about. You know, it just it, it was just 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 going out to to injure the player. It was absolutely shocking, as you say. The referee didn't do his job either. And thankfully for us, it sounds as if it's not going to be too too serious for him because that is a player who. Like us, I spoke about earlier on, like McCann. That's a player I think should be playing in our first team now. He's such a good player. So we really hope, just like what you said there, that there's nothing has went on to damage his leg too badly because we need him in the team because he's a fantastic attacking talent for us. So we just we wish him a very speedy recovery, don't we? Absolutely. Next thing here is Rangers have signed a multi-year deal with EA to have full-face scans in the FIFA games starting in FIFA 23. And then, funnily enough, Celtic announced the exact same deal a few days later. So it was initially announced that Ibrox would be in it, but it's been not included in the list of stadiums for FIFA 23. So maybe it'll be in a later update for this game or maybe in maybe FIFA 24. Who knows? Possibly. I know how much it's costing Derek, which is quite flabbergasting because my son's got a PS5 and he told me how much it was 
to, to, to get the game, which isn't even out yet, but you can get a pre-order of it and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you're no far short of £100 for the game now, which Jeez, is quite right. incredible. So, aye. Uh, but great that we're in there, Derek. It shows how far we've come as well when, you know, you've got games like that that are known worldwide, you know, that we're getting the team back in and it's all the actual proper players in their faces and stuff like that. So excellent stuff. Yes. Next thing here is the Sky TV deal is allegedly in limbo <laughs> as we have yet to commit to it. So I'm sure it will get portrayed in the media and by other fans as big bad Rangers if it does yep. collapse. But maybe, just maybe, it will be the catalyst for us and the league getting a better deal either with Sky or something else coming along. It's needing somebody to take a stand with this one because yeah. it's. I can understand, as I've said in the last podcast, for the reasons of of guaranteed income but when it's such a bad deal there's better yeah. they can do yep definitely Derek definitely and the last piece of football news here of such I've got and I had to include this because it's brilliant is a Dundee United fan on Twitter tweeted after the the 9-0 drubbing against Celtic is he said my life has just hit an all-time low walked into a shop wearing my United top and a boy no older than six went 9-0 and all I could think to call him was a virgin in front of his <laughs> mum and the lady working at the till. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Should have kept that for the stories at the end, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> so, retired vicar caught in the act with a Henry Hoover. <laughs> right, okay. A retired vicar has been fined and placed on the sex offenders register <laughs> after he was caught bonking a Henry Hoover. John Jeffs, what a name, from Middleton Cheney and Northamptonshire, was naked apart from a pair of ladies' stockings when he was caught thrusting into the vacuum cleaner's nozzle. <laughs> a short, shocked churchgoer caught him in the act while attending oh. a talk about Asperger's syndrome. <laughs> the witness walked past his office and he saw Jeffs co- almost completely naked except from a pair of ladies' stockings. Oh my God. Northampton Magistrates Court heard he was standing between two dark chairs thrusting into a Henry Hoover. The 74-year-old noticed a member of the public, but this didn't deter him, and he was carried on romping away, later telling the police that he felt naughty. (laughs) With a Henry Hoover? Effing Jeff. (laughs) Oh, dearie dear. No saying it. (laughs) <laughs> never, look at Hen- never look at Henry Hoover again. Exactly. It was uh, maybe me Henry's face that, that turned him on, I don't know. <laughs> I've got no idea, but uh, aye. The next time I see the, 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 the cleaner at Ur work with the Henry Hoover, I'll, I'll, I'll have to look at me, Derek. <laughs> on that note, we will end yeah, the podcast there. Definitely. So, as ever, you can go to our website, which is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com. It's still not updated. It'll probably never be updated at this point. But you can go to all the usual podcast outlets, as well as Facebook and Twitter as well. So, Dave, uh, overall, three great games and one really pish game that's completely got us all feeling like shit. It has, Derek, it has. And I think it was just more the manner of what happened, just a series of calamities all in the the one game as I say I, th- I, th- I think the most annoying thing is that they were all avoidable Derek but we've been over it already we need to get these things cut out the manager was right in what he said it's it's time uh, you, you know for every player to get their act together and it's just a, a simple stuff but like I said we've got these huge games to look forward to uh, I'm really, you know, I am looking forward to them. We are the underdogs. We thrive on that. So here's hoping that they go out and, you know, give a good account of themselves and enjoy it and and give us something to cheer about. Yes. So we'll be back at some point in the next week, I hope, and uh, we'll, we'll be back with a post-match after the Ajax game. So yeah. thanks for listening and goodbye. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Manchester, place yourself. Manchester!